Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey! It's like Man, I miss this era of music so much. So much. Here we go. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, midday show with Andy and Randy. Trillville Thursday. Hour number two, a lot of NFL football over the next 45 minutes. Obviously spent some time talking college football in the uh, first hour with signing day yesterday and the transfer portal continuing and all of that kind of stuff. Um, We meant to do this yesterday. I meant to do it yesterday and kind of forgot to do it. But we'll get back into the decision that the Falcons made uh, earlier this week and what Terry Fontenot had to say about the decision they made coming into into the year back in training camp. And we haven't heard from him since then, uh, but him talking about Ritter back then and sort of what we've come to learn as true since then throughout the year. Uh, Mark Zeno going to join us at 1240 as well as he always does on Thursdays to help us uh, with some wagers. He's the host of the Weekend Wager. Get his thoughts on the Thursday night game tonight, which is a pretty big one um, from a Falcons perspective for sure with the Saints taking on the Rams, both for uh, – Division purposes and wild card purposes in the NFC. Get his thoughts on the Falcons game and his pick of the week. We'll get to the back page with Bo as well. All right, let's get to an NFL no huddle. NFL no huddle brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to markspain.com, get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. Um, I'll be honest with you, a little surprised that uh, Desmond Ritter met with the media this week. I know the starting quarterback tends to, but he's not the starting quarterback. And I remember when he wasn't the starting quarterback a few weeks back, he didn't. So... I don't know. Did they get him in the locker room? Was it? I don't. I don't know exactly. No, he was. Why, he was right out in front of the press conference screen. But he was, and that's fine. Um, maybe he wanted to. Maybe he wanted to answer questions about what went wrong. Which respect, if that's what happened. Well, this goes back to what I had said earlier. Like I really like him. I, I respect the decisions he's made off the field. It's just the decisions on the field that yeah have I mean, us where we are. Look, un- unfortunately. Um, <laughs> that tends to happen a lot, right? Like, it, I don't always root like, for everyone just just because. I remember Vic Beasley specifically. He's just the nicest person in the world. Like, anytime you're around him, super nice, super involved in the community, giving back, all that kind of stuff. And to the point where it's almost like, I don't want to go to Flowery Branch anymore because, like, I feel like I can't accurately criticize this guy's play because he's so nice, and I want him to do well and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you got to separate the two for sure. It's also one of those things you think about, like, sometimes in sports, the things that make you a good dude in life don't translate to the sports world, and vice versa. The things that make you a great competitor might make you someone that you wouldn't want to have at your at your house party or something like that, you know? You want like, this guy around your kids? Well, like, the biggest criticism of Arthur Blank is that he's, like, too loyal and too patient, boy, I, I mean, give me a boss like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
I, I hope, and I think we have that. But like, give me, give me a boss that's going to be loyal and patient, and give me multiple chances until I absolutely expend all of my last chances and all that kind of stuff. And then conversely, like some of the things that are most celebrated in sports is like, yeah, he's ruthless. He'll slit your throat. Like, yeah, that's awesome. At quarterback, like, imagine if that was your coworker. Yeah, it's, the guy sucks. Like, he's always trying to undercut everybody. It's terrible in an office environment. Anyway, uh, that's unrelated. Here is Desmond Ritter meeting with the media earlier this week, talking about that interception on Sunday. You look at the, the main overlying issues, you talk about the turnovers. Um, yeah, those are going to happen, I would definitely say. Um, you know, the pick last weekend against Carolina was probably the dumbest play I made in my career. Um, but, you know, things happen and mistakes happen, but it's how you learn from them, um, how you grow from them, how you get better. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it certainly was a really, really bad throw. We don't need the power rank the dumb decisions well, i was gonna ask year. you about the fumble heading into the end zone so yeah, when we each kind of like slowed this, up and this changed one was, gears felt and, like more of a decision than that one was kind of like uh like let his guard down kind of thing yeah. if you're gonna kind of mince the the differences <laughs> slightly hey, let's um, power rank the red zone turnovers yeah, and, we, don't, uh, we don't need to do that like falcons fans are already bummed out enough about the way the season has gone i'm going to attempt to do this it, it, knowing that it doesn't matter or make anyone feel better it might matter a little bit but it's not going to make anyone feel better like I was thinking about all of the the parts of the Desmond Ritter experience this year and if there's any parts of it that make me less frustrated or mad I think one of the if I'm going to give Arthur Smith any credit for the handling of Ritter and the way that it went this year and moving forward I don't know if Arthur Smith's going to be the, the coach Next year, I don't know at all. I don't know if he's going to get another chance with another quarterback. But what I know is if he does, it's certainly not going to be with Desmond Ritter. If he doesn't, it's certainly not going to be with Desmond Ritter. The thing that Arthur Smith didn't do was something that a lot of people have been asking him to do, which is kind of safeguard the Protect it. Safeguard the, the, the playbook, like child-proof it. Anybody that has little kids, you've done that at your house. Put little foam on the corners and all that kind of stuff so the kids don't bump their heads. Desmond Ritter's not a little kid. He's a quarterback in the NFL. And I understand that sometimes you have to protect players from themselves and their instincts and all of that stuff. But you also have to, you have to run your offense. And you have to call the plays that you think are best for the situation. And you have to give a guy an opportunity to show you he can or cannot do it. So at the end of the day, we know sooner what Desmond Ritter is because Arthur Smith actually used his full playbook, as far as I know. I'm sure there's some stuff that he didn't call also because he didn't trust Desmond Ritter fully. But we know sooner what Desmond Ritter is because of the way that Arthur Smith called this offense than we would have had he treated him the way he treated him last year in those four games or maybe even in week one and partially week two this season. Like, what would be worse? Like, prolonging this? Or Still having a question mark out. at the end of this season yeah. would be infinitely worse yeah. than where they are now. And yeah. I know we may miss the playoffs. It's probably going to cost them the season. Yeah. It might cost I'm them. Not, I know I'm not making anyone feel better about the wasted year because the year was You'd wasted. You'd feel a lot worse, though, if he but was QB1 next at year. At least we know. Yeah. At least you know the answer to what he is. One of the toughest parts of being a fan, and I'm not even talking about specifically for the Falcons or specifically for football. Any sport... Any team, any fan base is not knowing what the direction of your franchise is. And I'm not saying we have like a fully divined, written out plan, right? But you at least know from the quarterback position the direction is someone new. 
There is absolutely no question mark. I think you're right on that. And not only that, I think someone new and also like a it's one of two things. Like there's right. no more maybe. There's no more like I don't know, maybe Marcus Mario. Trey Lance is not an option. No, you either have to draft a guy or get a legitimate veteran quarterback. Like those are the not two a things. one year no, no, no. Baker but Mayfield if, type. If I, I heard uh, Carl and and John Fricky talking about this earlier this week, and it's it's a fine discussion because it's come up and there's a tie from his former team and all that. But like, if Ryan Tannehill is the answer for next year, I don't even like. I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to cover that. I don't want to have anything. Now we will. If it is, and hopefully it I mean, works out. Are, are we still drafting one? But I like, can't have that discussion. If that's but, what happens, yeah. then like that should almost be like the the trap door for Arthur Blank. He's like, all right, you have another year. But then if that's the solution, it's like, nope, never mind, you're fired. You guys are all out of here. That was a trap. I was hoping you would say that so I can move on from you because that's not a real solution. You need a real solution at that position. And I think one thing I hope, I don't know. I don't know what Arthur Smith thinks, feels, how, how he goes about all of this sort of stuff. But just based on watching it from where we watch it from, we're, we're close but not in there, right? Sense that Because of what he was able to do with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, he had a lot of confidence that he could do that with other guys elsewhere. He's like, if I could do that with him, then I can kind of, I can make it work. Like, I don't need a, a top five quarterback in the NFL in order to win with it. Now, he might have underestimated some of the other parts that you need in order to do that, but I got the sense that that gave him some like quarterback whisperer confidence that maybe he doesn't have. I think hopefully these last two years, you look at it and say, you know what? Maybe I do need like a bona fide guy. Maybe what happened up there with Tannehill, there was other factors involved beyond just me finding a way to use him correctly. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's what happened. But I that, tend that, to feel the same way. That's what would have happened honest. for me. If yeah. I was Arthur Smith, like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought... I thought, I thought I was I was feeling myself maybe a little bit too much. Maybe I come back down to earth a little bit and be a little bit more honest about what's needed at that position. Well, and, and that's why I come into the question, and it kind of circles back to what, how you started the segment, is what you were asking Desmond Ritter to do is way beyond what you asked Ryan Tannehill to do. Ryan Tannehill was not throwing the ball 35, 40, 42 times per game. So if you're thinking you can have success with that formula, why are you then asking a less proven guy to do more? That's where I get confused. I know the draft picks uh, correlate to what you need to do with this offense. But it worked in Tennessee because you were running the ball with Derrick Henry. And I know you don't have Derrick Henry. That's fine. But you can have some sort of a run game that you lean on. And then you don't really lean on the run game until, I guess, late stages in the way you should be because you don't know what you have at quarterback and you're asking him to do too much. Again, it circles back to, well, at least now we know. We didn't just lean on a run game win nine games, go yep. to the playoffs, and not know yep. what Desmond Ritter can and can't do. Yeah, again, that, that doesn't do anything for, for fans that are in it day in, day out, every single year, getting excited, watching on Sundays, and just getting disappointed this year in similar fashion to the last handful of years. And you know, a lot of your experience as a, as a lifelong diehard Falcons fan. Um, but it does get back to that question you asked me yesterday or the day before of, do you feel like you have a, a clearer picture of what this franchise is right now than you did when Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot started, I feel like I do, but I also feel like I do because of mistakes that they made. Like when they took it over, you you knew who the quarterback was. You just didn't know for how long and how good he was anymore. Right now, you know you do not have a quarterback. And at least that is that's a fact. Like you you have a very clear it's a question mark. You can put together a plan to build it. But at it's least. something you know that you have to go after. The problem is there's a great article right now by 
Bill Barnwell on ESPN about how there's 13 different teams in the NFL right now that are in a very similar situation, needing a quarterback. Like, we don't have an answer there. By the way, his numbers are way off. We're either going to draft a guy or we're going to sign a guy. There's only so many guys you can sign. There's not that many proven veteran quarterbacks. There's only, only that many guys that you can draft. So say there are 13. Say a quarter of them get it right. That means there's still eight teams that didn't. <laughs> you just got to not be one of those eight. Ugh. It's the hardest thing in sports, man. It's the absolute hardest thing in sports. I think we forgot how hard it was because of how consistent Matt Ryan was for so Real long. Real quick, the other aspect of this is you made the mistake. At least it's a one-year mistake. You don't find yourself in yeah. multi-multi-year mistakes. It's true. It's true. Now, it's been a two-year mistake, unfortunately. But yeah, with Well, you made two separate mistakes, Two I separate guess. mistakes yeah. were made. Don't make another one, hopefully. But then also, okay, two of the three years you did it, you made a mistake. Do I trust you to have another shot? Like, that's an argument in the other direction. All right, we didn't do any other NFL stuff, so we'll come back and actually do an NFL No Huddle coming up next uh, and get to some of the big games this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Radio 92.9 The Game Sports Flash. Brought to you by Bader Scott Accident Attorneys. After an accident, don't wait. Dial 8. Call 404-888-8888. I'm Caleb Johnson. This update is brought to you by Bader Scott Accident Attorneys. Call 404-888-8888. The Hawks were in Houston last night attempting to get a win at Toyota Center, something only the Warriors have done this season as the Rockets came into the night on an 11-game home winning streak. With Bogey Bogdanovich back in the rotation, the Hawks were near full strength and led by as many as 20 points in the first half. However, the Rockets had a second-half comeback in them momentarily taking the lead and making it a close game late to the final stretch. The Hawks did pull off the win 134-127 thanks to a fifth straight game of 30-plus points and 10-plus assists from Trey Young. Young spoke after the game on finding his teammates while trying to stay hot himself. But I got the ball in my hands a lot throughout the game, so it's up to me, and it's it's my job to make sure that guys are feeling good and if they they got something going, to keep giving it to them. So um, that's, that's where my job comes into play. In college basketball last night, Georgia brought their win streak up to six straight by beating Mount St. Mary's 94-82. The Dogs are 8-3 on the season. Meanwhile, tonight, Georgia Tech is in Hawaii for the Diamond Head Classic, facing off against UMass. The Yellow Jackets have a small win streak of their own going at two games. Keeping you up to date on Atlanta sports when it happens, I'm Caleb Johnson from the Kia Studios. On your home of Sunday's Falcons-Colts game, kickoff at 1, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, check this out. You already know this Trillville. Yes, sir. You know you listening to Andy and Randy on a Trillville Thursday on what? 92.9. The game. Let's go.
Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Midday show with Andy and Randy with you here on a Trillville Thursday. Abe Gordon filling in for Randy. Um, we'll get Mark Zeno in here in about 20 minutes. Get some gambling advice from him. Hey, maybe the Falcons aren't winning football games every weekend, but that doesn't mean you can't be winning uh, with your picks. Zeno's been doing a nice job helping us out. And I'll be honest with you, Zeno didn't give us this one last week, but uh, when I was sitting there getting ready to watch that Falcons game on Sunday and I saw those two teams playing against each other and that weather, mine started thinking about an under. And then the fingertips started thinking about an under. And then the fingertips texted a guy about an under. And so at least we got to enjoy the end result a little bit from a monetary standpoint. You know what always scares me about the under? When, when you're looking at two teams like you're looking at, you're looking at the weather, you're looking at uh, some questionable quarterbacks, defensive touchdowns, man. Like, I just get For so sure. – like, you just saw Desmond Ritter nearly throw a pick six. A guy kind of got brushed at the eight-yard line. You're like, ugh. That's the st- – Bryce Young's no better. I just have – worried about that. I just have, like, a philosophical problem – betting the under on a game that I'm going to watch because then I'm rooting for nothing to happen, basically. Okay. And I don't like that, but I was sort of – I felt like I was hedging a little bit in this one where I was like, all right, like, if the under hits, which I think it's going to – If I hate watching this game, at least I'll win some money. Exactly. If I have to watch these two teams hit an under of 32 in the rain, um, then at least I made some money off of it. If they don't, cool, I'm wrong. I didn't bet that much anyway, so it's not like it's really going to put me in that bad of a mood. And – um, at least I watched some offense. You know what I mean? So I was in that, that sort of frame of mind of like, all right, if I'm wrong, at least the game's fun. If and I'm you right, had- the game sucks, and I rooted for nothing to happen, which I don't, li- I don't like betting unders. Only game I ever like betting unders on is if I'm not going to watch it. I'm like, I think this game's going to suck. I'm not going to watch it. I'll check back in and see if I was right. And if I am, Iowa. great, whatever. Yeah, like I bet the under on Because Iowa you had just of come time. off the day prior watching App State in a absolute – trashy yes, situation. But to me, that was different. It was because hilarious. That game was so bad. Yeah. Like, there was 13 fumbles. Couldn't see through the camera. And the, the, the paint was coming off the field, and guys were covered in all kinds of slop. Like, that was, a, that was almost like, a, like an enjoyable disaster. That's a Keystone Cops operation out there. Exactly. Like, the, the Falcons game, it was played on turf. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the no one was even muddy. Like it's bad weather, but you know there were fumbles, but there weren't that many fumbles. It was just a grimy football game. Um, yeah, but no, I, I I generally don't like under betting in terms of being a viewer. But sometimes you just know. Falcons Panthers was ugly. The App State game was so ugly, it was funny and comical, and I enjoy that. I thought so. That's I, a level that yeah. I appreciate. I thought so. I mean, it was just who's going to make the least amount of mistakes. You basically. know why else? Easy drinking games to come up with. When, and, it, when it's, something's going like that, just, yeah. And I'll give you credit on this one. You gave me a good idea on Friday night at the Hawks watch party was fly the App State flag, make, obviously my wife is a big App State fan, alum, all that kind of stuff. Her flag hasn't had an opportunity to fly much this year because the Washington flag's been out there uh, for understandable reasons. Fly that App State flag for a week and uh, get her a little extra holiday spirit. So there you go. I think it made the difference in the game. I think it did, too. Yeah. I think it did, too. I think the Upstate flag up there in front of the house made the difference. All right, we didn't actually do an NFL No Huddle last segment, so let's do an NFL No Huddle here. Um, let's skip the Mina Kimes one just because we kind of just did the Falcons fans are mad thing. She she empathizes with you. If, if you needed a, a national media shoulder to cry on, Mina Kimes has your back. Um, I don't know. Pretty fun one tonight between the Saints and the Rams. The Rams have been playing pretty solid football when they're healthy, and it looks like they're going to be pretty healthy tonight. Falcons need the Saints to lose for the division. Falcons also need the Rams to lose for the wild card. So 
from a Falcons perspective, I don't maybe bet for a, hope for a tie or something, but this game has pretty big implications in the NFC. At, at this point, what what's more likely for the Falcons? Let's say they division. do find themselves so the division's more I, likely I, than Walkard. I think I would say you get the Vikings playing the Lions twice. You might get some help there. I mean, there's some weird scenarios. Well, actually, you know what? Let me. You want me to kind of pull it up and scenario there's, it out? It's so deep. I don't. I get oh, so I know. confused. Some of these teams, there's like literally 15 different tiebreakers because of how similar their records are and their record against each other and all that kind of stuff. And the Internet doesn't want to work right now because uh, we want it to. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know what the more likely path is. I'm sure there's a, a percentage on, on either. But um, End of the day, you don't control it either way. You don't. You, you need help. You don't. And look, you're a Falcons fan. You're rooting for the Saints to lose. Right? Saints do get Chris Olave back. You want the Saints That's where to lose. he's trending, so we'll keep an eye on that. But I don't know. I just... Yeah, I, I. You could tell me that it's more likely they get the wild card, and, and in that case, you would need the Rams to lose. I, I it's a tough time, T- tough time for me pulling for the Saints. They have some tiebreakers in the wild card. They would win a tiebreaker over Green Bay because they beat them. Um, you know, obviously, you get down the path. They lost to the Vikings, um, and then anyway, uh, let, let's hear Mike McDaniel giving his team a little bit of advice on how they should handle some of the outside noise ahead of this weekend's matchup. I instructed the players to anything other than concern yourself with the next opponent, which for us is the Dallas Cowboys and any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or playoff seeds or the next three game, all that stuff. I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to with all due respect, f- off. <laughs> With all due respect, um, because all we're focused on is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, as long as you say "with all due respect" before it, then you can say anything afterwards. But he's also right; like, it's not really their concern whether or not Tyreek Hill is uh, an MVP or whether Tua is or anything like that. Cowboys Dolphins a fun one, man. I know the Cowboys got it handed to him last weekend from the Bills. Um, but that's one of the one of the couple pretty big time matchups this weekend. Both teams ten and four. That game's in Miami. Miami currently a one and a half point favorite uh, in that football game. But you start circling some of these matchups on on Sunday. That's one of them. Lions Vikings is a lot of fun as well. Uh, some pretty good action this weekend. A lot of people still view the Dolphins as like paper tigerish a little bit, and I can understand why to an extent. They have trouble winning games against certain style of teams. They close with the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. Those are their last three games. And so if they can meander their way through that and impress some things, it might change some minds going into the playoffs. I don't know where you stand. I, I, I'm i a little concerned about them. The Cowboys? No, the, the oh, Dolphins. The, the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think they're... I think they're capable of giving anyone a tough one any Sunday, and that includes those those really good teams in the uh, AFC. Yeah, but I I don't buy them coming out of the AFC. I could see them like I could see them scoring their way to the AFC Championship game, but I don't I don't I can't I don't think they can beat the Ravens. I think the Ravens to me right now are probably the class. And look, the Bills are coming too, man. The Bills are playing some really good football, uh, and they're going to give. Assuming that they make it in, I think that they will. They're going to give some people hell in the playoffs as well. Really, the the, the highlight of the weekend comes on Monday. It's Christmas, Christmas night. The Ravens and the 49ers is a barn burner of a football game. And the 49ers are playing better than everyone in the NFL right now. The Ravens are probably playing second best in the NFL right now. 
and they play on on Monday night. They're not getting the talk that the 49ers are. No. And, and it'll be interesting to see. No and MVP I, candidates. Right. I know they've already come out and said, like, we feel disrespected that we're underdogs in this game. And, look, I can understand why. You've got multiple candidates on, on the Niners that are being touted as MVP, whether it's the quarterback or the running back. Uh, not to mention what Debo Samuel's doing. He's He's been outstanding in the past couple of weeks. The defense obviously gets it done, too. I, I'm really interested in that one because, for me, the Ravens have underachieved a little bit, e- even to the point that I know they're very good. They're currently, what, the number one seed in the AFC at 11-3. and three. I almost still feel they're being overlooked and have underachieved. I think if they want to really put on the map that, hey, you might see us in the Super Bowl, they can win this game. Yeah, I think they can. I don't. Th- I don't think that they they will. I don't. I, I really do I don't think either. I'm a huge 49ers guy. Are so. the best team in the NFL right now. But yeah, I think honestly, what happened with against the Browns about a month ago for the Ravens still kind of hangs around their neck a little bit because they blew that game and should have won it. They'd be uh, they'd be 11 and they're two, the worst kind of they're they the worst kind of good because they do play down to opponents. They don't pull away and blow out teams that they should. Yeah, their losses are tough. I mean, they, they lost to a Browns team and that was post. No, that was the last game Deshaun played, right? Like Deshaun led that comeback in the second half with all of his body parts broken and then has been out since then. They also lost to the Steelers, who obviously aren't great. And they lost to the Colts. Early in the season, before the Colts were coming on. Well, let me on. say before Sunday, no shame in losing to the Colts. That was right? the Anthony Richardson Colts. That was that was week three. Yeah, the Colts are five and one in their last six. They got the best record in the NFL over the last six weeks outside of the 49ers. Now, again, you dig deeper into some of those numbers. The 49ers have outscored opponents by a million in the last six weeks. I think the Colts have outscored opponents by like a combined twenty in those five wins. Which again, whatever you're trying to win games. One thing I feel confident in saying about the Falcons-Colts game on Sunday is it'll be close. It'll be a one-score game. 80% of the Falcons' games the last two years are one-score games. It's a matter of not making the critical mistake, and they have not been able to not do that. We'll come back. Mark Zitto will help us out with some gambling advice. We'll get to the back page with Bo as well. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, midday show with Andy and Randy with you here. Trillville Thursday, 20 minutes away from getting back into the big story of the day. Back into a little bit of um, signing day news from yesterday. Obviously, talk some Falcons as well ahead of uh, their big one this weekend against the Colts at home. Smoking Joe Patrick going to join us at 120 uh, to help out with that conversation. We'll get to an AMA an hour from right now as well. Any question? Any topic, phone lines will be open. Text us or tweet us. Um, Mark Zeno not going to be able to join us today. He's got a, a busy schedule, man. He's a, he's a busy guy. So we'll get back to Zeno and his gambling advice next week. We'll get to the back page with Bo in just a minute as well. I did um, find this headline interesting and, and timely as the Steelers have made the announcement today that uh, Kenny Pickett is out Sunday. Yep. So much like another famous leader on Christmas Eve, Mike Tomlin is having to turn to Rudolph for his help this holiday season. Mason Rudolph will start for the. Will he guide my? Will he deliver team? fans the gift of a win? Maybe, maybe if he doesn't show up to the game with with a Rudolph sweater on, though, you know, or like a red nose, 
You can get those like Rudolph I, light I, up red you're noses. You're not putting a red nose on. I understand. I guess you look like that a gets clown memed then. into clown territory. Especially if you do some nonsense in the game that you do don't want to do. I know Tomlin seems like a pretty uh Keep it, you know, straight laced business type guy. If they were ten and four, maybe there'd be. But some... how do you not go to him and, and say, Rudolph, I'm asking you to guide my team tonight? You know what I mean? A little Santa quote there to try to get him inspired. Fire him. For, for Fire him immediately for the holiday season. Fire him, dude. Please, please let them do that. Please let them do that, and then please let him make his way down here. I would absolutely. If if that's the direction things go, if the if the job becomes open, uh, please. Please let that be the direction that the Falcons take it. All right, uh, let's get to the back page with Bo. Randy would have hated that joke so much. He would have hated that joke so much. This hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com, get a guaranteed offer on your home today, and start packing. Hello, Bo. Well, there's a little bit of dissension in the DeVito football syndicate. Oh, jeez. I'm telling you. It appears after the, after the local pizza joint debacle, you know, the 10 grand, 20 grand. Tommy ends up working for free. He said, enough of this. Tommy DeVito has hired Max Lepsetter as his off-the-field manager while retaining Sean Stellato as his agent. So he actually hired a guy to make sure that these pizza debacles don't happen anymore. Man. Stellato said it fell through the cracks. That's how you end up with the, the original fishes. handshake fell to the crowd. Yeah. You end up with the fishes, man. With the fishes. It just feels like a lot of a lot of effort for something that's all about to come to an end fairly quickly. Uh, did, yeah, but like, come on. You're hiring a staff. If you get 15 minutes of fame, yeah, yeah, yeah. take advantage for of sure, it. For sure, but take advantage of it without, like, you know, splitting the pie even more. You got to pay that yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Like, I Maybe guess. Taking Stilato's some of his pie. If he's getting you more gigs, I guess you're splitting more pie. But, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> How popular? Seems, I mean, just seems like a lot of effort for something that's going to be Three games done. left, though. He's going to ride this 15 minutes sure. of fame all the way through the summer. He's going to be making appearances at pizza joints all up and down New Jersey. Oh, no, no doubt. He, he probably will turn this into something beyond football in that area. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he becomes, like, a, a local talk radio host in New Jersey or something like that. But, like, people have done less and something, turned it into yeah. more in sports. History. Like, I used to work with a guy that played for the Mariners for 45 days. Really nice guy. Came up at the end of the year, hit some home runs. People liked him. He had, like, a red beard. And he's the morning show host in Seattle now because people, like, fell in love with him in that summer. Like, you can turn your little minute into a long, into more than that in sports if you play it right. I don't, I don't know what his plan is with all of this. A high school coach. He'll be a high school coach in four years. <laughs> uh, Maybe. He's got the Eagles twice on the schedule, sandwiched in between the game with uh, Aaron Donald and the Rams. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you think there's any kind of inkling inside the New York Giants? Um, or two weeks ago, we were like Daniel Jones, man, shouldn't even be the guy; should be this guy. Yeah, do they think? Do you think anybody thinks that Devito can be a better quarterback than Daniel Jones? You always got to play. No, play Daniel. Can, can Jones we wait until after him. this week to hear no. the commentary? No, but I mean, he probably earned himself. Yeah, how many yards of offense? Nineteen. Yeah. yeah, like that, that, that's what's happening a lot around the NFL right now, and I don't want to crap on any of these guys journey because it's hard to even make it to the NFL in the first place, let alone get on the field and win a game. But like, don't, don't go too far with like, what, how are we going to get Jake Browning or like, how are you going to get Tommy? You know what I mean? Like these guys or Josh Dobbs has kind of shown you what the backup quarterback 
trajectory is. Like you're on top there one week and then the next week you're the third string. Like that 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 tends to be the reason why these guys are what they are. But good for him if he ends up getting a, a contract for next year. Good for Jake Browning if he's a backup quarterback next year. Like that's all great, but don't don't be trying to like hit your future to one of these guys. Yeah, but at, at no point in NFL history has it been more likely that you'll end up playing as a third stringer. It's true. Like forget backup. Yeah. Third stringer. Yeah, I mean it'll be back to back years in the NFL where the record amount of quarterbacks making a start is set. Last year it was set. This year they're probably going to break it. It's so. it's up to fifty five, fifty six at this point. Yeah. I, I mean I I mean we don't have to do the research right now, but I interested and in, in we when a couple weeks when we get through the full season, how many teams had quarterbacks start all seventeen games? Like take every snap. Think of oh, every 10. snap, even like well, without like blowouts and stuff like that. Yeah. Like from an injury, I who who even has been able to do that? Bills, Chiefs, Broncos. Did, did Mahomes play every? I think so. Yeah. From a health standpoint, he has Bills. Josh has Josh Allen, Allen got banged up this year at all? No, not yet. Not to where? Oh, you're talking about maybe even coming out of a game, missing a series. Nah, that may have happened. You know, snap or two here. There, Dak yeah. has played like. Yeah, most teams have have had to deal with. with I'll say it's probably less than ten. It yeah. might even right? be like a it's a wildly low number. Yeah, it's not many, not many. Which, so they they make you feel better that that's where your team's at, or I don't if know. If you have if you're one of those teams, it does because usually the healthiest team wins the Super Bowl or at least gets the closest. Yeah, know? it makes you feel better if you're a team yeah. that started your guy all year because you're probably going to the playoffs. We we talked about it a little bit earlier. It makes me. It's one of those things of like, yeah, okay, you have a clear vision of what the Falcons have to do this offseason, but there's also 15 teams that have that same clear vision of we need a guy. So you're competing for the same small pool of players, which a lot of teams need it. So they say, don't ever meet your heroes. Well, sometimes you know the hero doesn't necessarily always want to meet the person that they were heroic for. Check out this interaction between Jake Fromm, who finally got to meet his hero over the weekend. How are you, man? Good hey, to meet man. you. It's great to meet you, man. Yeah, you too. Hey, grew, up, uh, grew up watching, man. Hey, I appreciate man. it. Thank you very much, yeah, man. man. Look, look forward to watching play. Thanks, man. Matt Steph. That guy was, uh, that's Jake Fromm, oh, old Georgia quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Just give me the old the old man treatment, like you're up watching you. Thanks. No, I'm 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 100 certain that Matt Stafford did appreciate meeting Jake from. But yeah, you don't always have to give me the you know, yeah, I grew up watching you a bit. <laughs> He's still in the league. <laughs> How could they not have met in the past at some point? That's what I was going to ask. You know I mean? Is like, he not how, familiar? How's Fromm and Stafford not right. met before? It seems like he had, because then he was saying it to someone else. But maybe they hadn't. Well, I don't Stafford know. knew who he was. Right. But that very much seemed like that was the first time Jeff Fromm's ever met him. Have you ever met someone that in your childhood you considered to be a hero? And if so, how did it go? Because I had the, I don't want to say like misfortune because it was fun but it also ended poorly of covering the end of Ken Griffey Jr.'s career in Seattle. Like, he came back for the final two years. The first year was great. The second year was a disaster. And he split in the middle of a series in June and just left. And and that was kind of like, oh, man, like, I guess that's the lasting memory. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just going to remember all the home runs. I don't think about any of this stuff. Like, he was perfectly nice as a guy to interview and interact with, but it was kind of a bummer the way that it came to a crashing halt. I think I've had – I didn't meet uh, Junior or Ricky Henderson. They were my favorite players uh, coming up. But after I got my job at Truist Park, I did get to meet my favorite Brave of all time, which was kind of – that. this was the only player that I was like, oh, wow, wow, maybe I'll get to shake his hand. Mm-hmm. It was Andrew Jones. And he's probably the nicest guy in the oh, world. Oh, he's super. He's a great dude. Yeah, I see him all that. the time now. But, I uh, don't yeah. think, like – this is going to sound weird. Like, as, as outside of our sports lives, like, I don't think I've – really met anyone, like, just out and about and, and had an, an issue. 
I will say this, like in terms, like I've been nervous, like real nervous, one time for an interview, uh, and it was Pat Summit, hmm. and she could not have been nicer. Yeah. She could not have, but that was the only time where I'm like, well, I'm like super nervous to do this interview. It was one on one. It was it was years ago. It's the only time that I've actually felt nervous for an interview. I met E40 one time. Oh, he was, nice. He was awesome. I consider him to be a hero. Heck yeah, as well. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was uh, touring um, because he had released a, uh, a a liquor. It was called Slurricane, and he was selling it. And he came in studio at the radio station I used to work at, and uh, brought bottles of Slurricane and That's signed fantastic. it. I got to meet him. He was awesome. And then I was like. We interviewed him, and I was, like, quoting songs from, like, 1994. And he was like, oh, you're, like, a real fan. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right, make sure y'all's DVRs are, uh, are free the week before the Super Bowl. Going to have a good one. Tug of war has been added to the Pro Bowl games. So now at least the offensive linemen and defensive linemen get to get in there and, uh, and have some fun. It's going to feature linemen who might as well or won't be involved in the flag football aspect of the event, the top five players in the AFC and NFC will be positioned over a foam pit in a best-of-three competition. I, I'll Tug be honest, war. that sounds pretty entertaining. Like, five offensive the, the, the linemen trying to beat each other in a tug-of-war yeah. contest? Like, Only if you got to pull the other offensive linemen into the yeah, foam pit. I, I mean, it you can't know, just be the front guy. I'm not, saying it, it sounds like, I'm not saying it sounds like as good as the Super Bowl or something like that, but compared to some of what they've had at the Pro Bowl over the last handful of years, I'd watch that. That sounds fine. Yeah, I, I kind of like the games better than the product that we saw as the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You know, yeah. the charade. Yeah, the that fun was stuff around game it. out there before. Abe's a pretty big tug-of-war guy. I'm just – all right. See, now you probably into this. Have you – I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch tug-of-war the same again. Ha- because you've watched oh, you've it. Got I, it, it, it came up into my algorithm. It's because not my fault. It on happened. your own personal time, you watched It was the 2014 World Tug-of-War Championships. I watched it. It's not what you would think it is. And I don't know if now I can watch amateurs play tug-of-war ever what again. I, here's what I think it is. I think it's people pulling a rope back and forth until one group pulls the other one over a line. I, it was kind of that, yeah. But it also wasn't that. Like, were they naked? Are you no, saying no, we need more danger? It it was so, like, choreographed and rhythmic. It was you wild. You think it was oh, scripted? Like, they, like, have plays? No, no, it wasn't. They definitely ran plays. Oh, like, wow. I, I, I wish I was kidding with you, Bunk. Yes. <laughs> it was there was a coach who was essentially conducting their movements like Leonard Bernstein out there. Okay. It was wild. It is not <laughs> so there's what a lot you more think. strategy it's than just way pulling more. On I'm rope. just saying it's not like big strong guys just pulling a rope. It's not. Okay. So if one of these AFC or tap dancing out there bunk AFC or NFC groups gets a coach then they have if an upper they hand. study and learn it would be a yeah, they'd annihilate the other team. They should hire you as a consultant. Well, I don't know how, what the guys are saying because the two teams weren't English. I didn't know what they were yelling. But but you have an idea. They were singing instructions, man. They were doing something. You probably have a pretty good idea. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to uh, what are we going to do. Oh, yeah, the big story of the day. Kick off the 1 o'clock hour. What the hell time is it? It's only 1, huh? All right, one hour left. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.